0: The reading is taken from 1 John, chapter 2, verses 18 to 27. Warnings against denying the Son. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For, if they had belonged to us, they would have remained in us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? it is whoever denies that jesus is the christ such a person is the antichrist denying the father and the son no one who denies the son has the father whoever acknowledges the son has the father also as for you see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you If it does, you will also remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him.
1: Thank you so much, Amy, for that reading at short notice. If you want to follow on, it's 1 John chapter 2, and we'll be looking at that this morning. And before we continue, shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word, and we pray, Lord, that you would just come now and just speak to us, impart what we need to hear this morning, by your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, unfortunately, our speaker this morning was um, taken ill, and we do pray for a speedy recovery for Gillian. And um, in her absence, um, I thought, what can we reflect on as a church family this morning? And this is um, one of the passages that I've been looking at over the last few weeks. And I thought I'd just share a few points on this passage. Because it's all about Jesus, and at short notice, what better subject can we think about as a church community but to reflect on Jesus? He's kind of the key person, isn't he? One of the phrases in my Bible in one year this week was, The battle is all about Jesus, and Nikki Gumbel said this, it's the uniqueness of Jesus that causes offence. And this passage was being written to a group of believers who were being swayed in their faith. Maybe they'd read something or heard something, or there was this new idea or thought that they heard that maybe was trying to sway them about who this person Jesus is. And that's not really much different today, is it? Lots of people have different ideas about Jesus, about how that intersects with different faiths and beliefs and philosophies and, you know, who this person Jesus really is. So what do you need to know about Jesus? What do I need to know? What do we need to know about who this person Jesus is? Well, according to the Apostle John, in this passage, there are three things. Three things we need to remind ourselves about Jesus. And the first thing he says is that Jesus is, is the Christ. Know that Jesus is the Christ. In verse 22, he says this. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. And Christ was this word used for the Messiah, for the Son of God, the Saviour, the one that was going to come and save, not just Judea and Jerusalem and Israel, but save the whole world, save creation. And John wants you to know that there's a spirit in the world. He calls it the Antichrist because it's Antichrist, it's anti-Jesus, it's against Jesus. And he says that you'll see this fault, this, this belief running through history, philosophies, science, reasoning, other religions, denying that Jesus is who he said he is, that he's the Son of God. When I was a curate, and I'd just started, I'd just been ordained to start as a curate in a church in northwest London, and one morning I was in a meeting, and there was a knock on the door, and I opened the door, and there was these two lovely young guys in their 20s um, with Bibles saying, them, um, do you know that you're going to heaven? How can you be sure? And, um, and, I, and I kind of knew where they were from, and I could see the publisher on their Bibles or what the books they had, and I said, I'm really busy. Let's just sort of cut to the chase. You know, let's just agree to disagree because you know, we disagree on who this person Jesus is. And I said, well, what do you mean? I said, let us show you who we think Jesus is. I said, no, no, I don't have time. I said, "That no, I believe Jesus is the son of God, the, first, the second person of the Trinity, and you don't, you believe you someone else. And I said, why don't, because I'm busy, why don't you just pray for me, pray that maybe I'd come to some form of faith or insight, and then I'll pray for you afterwards. And then we can just go about our day. And I took a step back and I said, oh, no, we don't do this. We only pray in our special Kingdom Hall. We don't pray out in the streets. I said, it's okay, I'll pray for you guys. And, um, and I started to, to back off. The Bible sort of talks about laying hands on people. So I sort of laid hands on them, but it was kind of like a mixture of a hand and a sort of a wrestling vice grip, so they couldn't sort of get away. And um, I just started to pray for them and just pray that God would bless them. And I said, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for these young guys who are passionate and are out here sharing their faith. And I want to pray, Lord, that you bless them in the name of the Father, who is God. I pray, Lord, that you'd bring them to truth in the name of Jesus, who is God. And I pray, Lord, that you'd fill them with your peace by the Holy Spirit, who is God. And um, and I kind of let them go, and and they sort of looked at me a bit funny, and they just didn't say anything. They walked down the path, and then just carried on walking down the street. Um, and then I saw them a few days later, out of the belt, still knocking on doors. But when they came to my house, I noticed they leapfrogged to their house every time they were down the street. And I realized that I'd probably been blacklisted um, by the local Jehovah's Witnesses, which wasn't a bad thing, actually. But this man born in Palestine 2,000 years ago was fully man. He was 100% human, but he was also fully God, 100% God. He was one with the Father and the Holy Spirit before the creation of the world. And John wants you to know that this person is Christ, the Son of God. Know that Jesus is the Christ. That's the first thing. The second thing is that Jesus is the way to the Father. Jesus is the way. The next verse, verse 23, says this. No one who denies the Son has the Father, whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. And these are the words that Jesus said himself. he? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And I'm sure most of us in this building today know this. People watching online know this. We believe this. But in today's culture, Jesus' words would be considered intolerant and divisive. They're not going to make you any friends. And you know, I used to work in a, in a depot with 200 guys from all different faiths and walks of life. And we used to have these discussions and debates about faith all the time. And the uniqueness of Jesus didn't make me any friends. I was watching a documentary a few weeks ago, and it's about things called traffic filters. I don't know if you've come across traffic filters, but it's where there's considered a lot of pollution, air pollution from cars in a particular area. They put these filters in, where there's these plastic bollards at certain times of the day which say you can't drive through this area, you have to go around. And it was focusing on the city of Oxford, and it showed how drivers were getting really annoyed and just driving over these plastic cones. And then people were coming out of the house who didn't want the traffic, and they would become the cones. They would put high-vibe vests on, and they would stand in the way. So when the cars came down, they were standing in the way as a physical cone. And the drivers would get out, and there would be fights and arguments. And, and one guy said, you know, it, for me to get to my destination it takes me 10 minutes, but because of these silly traffic filters, I have to go out of the city of Oxford all the way around the ring road and a 10-minute journey could take me a whole hour. It's just ridiculous. I just need to get to where I want. And um, I don't think they resolved whether they were right or wrong. But um, as I was watching this, I thought, in John's day, this is the same way as people viewed God. It's how many people view God today. We want to get to God in our own way. We want to decide how we're going to do it. We want to take shortcuts. We want to do faith on our own terms. It's part of this instant world. We live in we want to take shortcuts but we should never water down the words of Jesus we're told to share the truth in love we need wisdom in how we do that and we share Jesus with others you know we want to do it in a way that opens hearts not closes hearts and closes ears so we need to do it with grace but we should never water down the words of Jesus Jesus didn't say he was the way he said he was the only way He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. It's one of the big themes of John's writings, and it's uncompromising. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the Christ, but Jesus is also the way to the Father. And in my last sort of thought on this, which is the next verse, verse 25, is this. Jesus has finished it. Jesus has finished it. Verse 25 says this. This is what he promised us. Eternal life. Jesus has promised us eternal life. He's finished it. Everything you need to spend eternity with Jesus has already been done. There's nothing we need to add to it. On the cross, Jesus' last words was, it is finished. That's why he came. Jesus has done it. He's finished it. We don't need to add anything else to it. Another uncompromising view. If you imagine... Uh, a giant snooker table, and on that snooker table there's lots of different snooker balls. This is how it was explained to me when I first came to faith. And each one of those balls represents maybe a a different religion or faith or philosophy or viewpoint, and you could open up each of those balls, and inside it would be a list of instructions of all the things we need to do to follow that philosophy or that worldview or that faith. And then we have this one ball in the centre which had Christianity on it, and we opened up that ball there just be one word on that ball. Finished. It is finished. That's all we need to do. And yes, we know that when we come to faith, there's this salvation, it's finished, and then we do this sanctification and glorification that we become obedient and disciples have become more like Jesus. But actually, the Christian faith, in some ways, is the easiest faith in the world because Jesus has done it all. All we need to do is believe and receive. Believe in our hearts he was raised from the dead and declare with our mouth, that Jesus is the Son of God. He has done it. It is finished. Everything has been done. So where would you say you are on these truths? Because it's more than just knowing about these truths. It's about how we live them out in our lives. Later on in um, John's first letter, 1 John chapter 3, says this. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Jesus came so that you and I can have freedom. We find freedom, the yearnings of our soul, in this person called Jesus. And everything else we do in life at some point will leave us empty. Whether it's getting the the big salary or the perfect relationship or the new house or car or the promotion that we're longing for, whatever we want, those things will soon fade. The only thing that truly satisfies us, our deepest desires, is this person called Jesus. And these truths, they're not meant to be difficult or or, a chain they're the things that are meant to set us free to truly fulfill us that we could live life in all its fullness so this morning where would you say you are in these truths do you live in still sort of shame and guilt and worry and anxiety when you achieve this or that is that you think everything's going to be great or do you live like jesus truly has finished everything that Jesus is enough for whatever you're facing. Jesus came so that you can be forgiven. He came so that you can be loved by God, so that you can experience God's peace today in whatever you're going through. He came so that you can experience joy today. He came so that you can experience God's healing today wherever needs to be restored and healed. And there's nothing that God can't do in your life today if you trust in him, in this person called Jesus. Jesus is the Christ, he's the way to the Father, and Jesus has finished it. Everything we need is in this person called Jesus. The band would like to come up. Thank you. One of the things I try and do during the week is have little one-to-ones with my sons where just two of us and we can just talk about life and how they're doing and football and whatever's on their mind and i love to find out where they're sort of doing spiritually and one of my concerns i'm sure like any of us who are parents is um where they are in their faith and you know i, I pray for them all the time with all the things that they've been through our life hasn't just been smooth but it's been very much up and down you know lord would you just just minister to their hearts would you um, speak to them would they have a real relationship with you so I, I asked my oldest, and um, we were having coffee, my youngest was in the club, we have this little one-to-one, and I, and I just said, um, so how are you doing in your faith, you know, what's your walk with God like? There was no pressure, I just wanted to find out where he was at. And, and he said, actually, Daddy, I feel my faith's really strong at the moment. And he said, you know, when I'm at, at school and I'm talking to friends, I'm quite open just to talk about Jesus, and... And I think, you know, I've got some friends who are really naughty and I'm trying to encourage them to make good decisions and make wise choices and I think, they've, well, shown you don't make wise choices all the time, but it melted my heart and it was such an answer to prayer, to just to, to hear him in his own age of 12, you know, who knows what the future's going to hold, just to hear his testimony and to hear where he is of God. You know, and as I've placed um, my boys in the hands of Jesus, and just trusting him to say, Lord, you've got to be enough in this season. I just felt Jesus saying, I'm enough. Whatever you need today, if you're willing to trust me, I'm enough. If you're able, would you like to stand? I don't know where you are this morning and <clears throat> whether you're in a place of joy or a place of worry life is easy or life is full of challenges maybe you're worrying about a family member or a child jesus is enough i'm just going to invite the holy spirit to come and i want to invite you as we receive from him we receive by faith whatever you're carrying this morning whatever you're worried about whatever the challenge is as we pray as we invite the spirit to come as we make space for him I invite you just to release that now to the one who is enough the one who satisfies the one who can make a difference today when Jesus said he's the only way to the Father it wasn't to make us look like intolerant or bigots It was because he was saying, I am the way to the Father. If you want to receive joy and blessing, don't waste your time there. Come to me. My burden is easy and light. He was saying, because I have everything you need. And without me, you're missing out. It wasn't about being intolerant. It was about him showing you the way to life in all its fullness. Whatever you need, he has for you in the Bible. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come this morning, come Holy Spirit, come and just fill us and refresh us and be present upon us, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, We receive just by faith, just by gratitude, just by saying thank you Lord. that you're here. Just receive from him now. Receive his peace. to the Trinity, God himself to fill you, the Spirit to fill you this morning. As you receive from him, release to him in the name of Jesus. Release those things that you might be carrying. That challenge, that concern, release to him. Say, Father, I lay this in your I trust you that you're enough, that you'll come through for me. time of worship but we do this by faith and trust I just sense that God is here this morning and he wants to deal with some business he wants to deal with some situations but we have to believe and hand over to him he doesn't force his way into our lives he waits till we surrender and raise our faith and release it to him that's your choice this morning it's your choice to invite him into those situations to release them to Jesus and allow him to deal with your situations today Lord thank you that you are a good good father that you love us that you long to be with us and Jesus.